Hey there, welcome back to my channel. So glad you could join me today. Today we're going to get into the Word of God. We're going to study AI, what the Bible says about AI and the Antichrist and the image of the beast. It's going to be really exciting. i got lots of scriptures to show you guys to show that we are entering into that time where the image of the beast is possible. So we'll learn about that. We'll also talk about some a little bit of prophecy updates, some of the things going on. Are we in the final seven years? We possibly could be. I talked about that in my last video. Go back and check that out, please, to, to understand how we're in Shemitah cycles, seven-year periods. And so the final seven years, Daniel's 70th week, can't just start on any year. It has to start on the beginning of a seven-year cycle, which we just began one in September of 2022. I'm now shooting this in October of 2022. And so, uh, you know, on Rosh Hashanah, various things happen. Like we entered the United States, the markets entered into a bear market. Uh, you know about the Nord Stream pipeline that was sabotaged um, and what that could lead to possibly World War III. Um, we also learned there was a our, our first, uh, NASA's first asteroid defense project took place where they hit an asteroid um, with an impactor and so uh, we'll we'll see that and talk about that a little bit and there was a hurricane that hit florida um, right after biden's speech at the u.n trying to divide the nation of israel and so we'll talk about that that happens all the time um, as far as the, I believe there's a correlation when the united states president tries to split the land of israel we just happen to get, get hit with hurricanes, big ones. And so we'll talk about that. And then we'll get into the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, uh, the image of the beast, how I believe it's related to AI and human computer augmentation through the, through a brain computer interface that the Antichrist, I believe, is likely going to be utilizing. He will become augmented, uh, with uh, an AI, some super and possibly super intelligent AI, or at least very intelligent AI. And so we're approaching those days. And so, uh, stick, stick around and we'll get into all that. Uh, we want to welcome all our newcomers. Thank you for joining me. Make sure you hit subscribe, hit that little bell on YouTube so you can hear when we put out new material. Um, and of course we appreciate all our, our, our normal, uh, regular visitors. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you, uh, for financial donations. If you want to support this ministry, you can go to thomastaylorministries.org. That's thomastaylorministries.org and hit the little donate link. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. You help me do what I do to put out these videos, um, and to get this message out to the world. I'm blowing the trumpet that an asteroid is coming, a wormwood asteroid is coming. And so, uh, you see over my shoulder, my wormwood website is wormwoodasteroid.com or, uh, wormwoodprophecy.com. Either way you can get there. So check that out. That has lots of information about the prophecy concerning the wormwood asteroid, which I'm trying to let everybody know over there in Revelation, where it talks about the seven trumpets. Well, those trumpets are focused particularly around 
an asteroid strike. And so it's the Wormwood asteroid. You can see lots of my other videos to talk about that. Um, you can find me all over the place. You can, of course, find me on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, look up Wormwood Prophecy, Wormwood Asteroid. If you're on Roku, look on look up End Time Prophecy. End Time Prophecy. Uh, you can find me there. I have a little asteroid as an icon. Uh, but you can find me all kinds of other places. Uh, you can find me on Vimeo. You can find me on BitChute. You can find me on Rumble. Um, of course, uh, YouTube, Twitter, all kinds of places. If you listen to podcasts, uh, hello, podcast listeners. Thank you for joining us here. Um, you can look up Wormwood Prophecy or Wormwood Asteroid and find um, our our podcast there. And so, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go ahead and jump right in. I started talking about Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the, the beginning of the new year. That happened um, September 26th, 27th, when there was, you know, uh, we, we enter into a um, a new year for the Jewish calendar. And when that happens, you know, that ends, this particular one ended the last seven-year cycle and started a new seven-year cycle. So it's not just the beginning of a new year. It's the beginning of a new seven-year cycle as far as the year 2022. The next one won't start until 2029 and so forth. And so what, well, is this the final seven years? Is this Daniel's 70th week? I don't know, but look at my last video where I had lots of um, clues that may point to this being the final seven years, Daniel's 70th week, and why it has nothing to do with a seven-year covenant with Israel. Though there will be um, some treaties and some things going forth, going forth with the, the land of Israel, with the, the Temple Mount being split and the Jews build, building their third temple and all that's going to happen. But that's not what the, the covenant with many is talking about. So you can check out my other videos on that. Um, but I am examining these seven years. And so I'm going to watch over the next few years, particularly for the, the building of the Jewish third temple. That is like the big sign. And so we talked about the red heifers last time, how that's a preparation. And they've only got about a year before they can, they, they can slaughter those red heifers. It has to be on a particular day. If the red heifers pass the test, they don't grow any black hairs or white hairs and they're not, you know, um, harmed in any way. Um, in, in about a year, They'll be able to slaughter that, uh, at least one of those red heifers, and they will have the water for purification, which they need to cleanse themselves to serve in the temple. The priests are already ready. They've already got all the, the instruments ready. Um, everything's ready. And so now that they've got the red heifers, it's like the, the last big prophecy has taken place. And so that's one of the clues, as well as the asteroid that's coming in the year 2029. 2029, seven years away, less than seven years now. Uh, and so we, we need to uh, be watching the asteroid that's coming in 2029 called Apophis in case that is the Wormwood asteroid, or it could be another one that we don't know about. I'm just watching the skies and watching the Word of God. So let's talk about Rosh Hashanah 2022. Um, what happened the very day of the new year? Well, w several things actually happened. One of them was the Dow Jones entered into a bear market. And so that is significant if you watch the seven-year cycles over time. Um, I'll point out some of the significance of that in just a minute. But I want to read a little bit out of an article that just encapsulates what I'm talking about. It says that the Dow, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the oldest of Wall Street's three main stock indices, dropped one point. 
one on Monday. And this was an article from uh, a few weeks ago, I think, two weeks ago or so, two or three weeks. It says, now this extended the decline from its January peak of more than 20%. So there's a 20% drop in the Dow. Meeting a common definition for a bear market. Worries that the Federal Reserve's war against decades high inflation is pushing the U.S. economy into a downturn uh, have sent the U.S. stock market tumbling in 2022, with the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, NASDAQ already down some 23% and 32%, respectively, from their record highs. Confirmation the Dow is also in bear market is just the latest milestone in 2022's market turmoil. So the Dow is going down. Everybody's crying recession, recession, inflation, inflation. Um, you know, Europe is, is just in a downturn, just just really in a bad position right now and getting much worse. They're, they're printing more money in the middle of an inflation. They're, the, Europe is in trouble. And then soon after, unless we get uh, a good president, the United States is going to uh, go down as well into this, this death spiral. And so we can, if you just look up historically what the seven years have done, every seven years have been significant as far as the markets are concerned. For example, in 1966 started a seven-year Shemitah cycle, and that was the financial crisis, uh, and the Dow dropped 20%. In 1973, the next Shemitah cycle, there was the oil shock upheaval market, and it dropped 30%. Seven years later, 1980, a hard recession began in 1980. Seven years later, 1987, there was the big stock market crash of 87. Seven years later was a bond market crash in 1994. Seven years later was uh, 9-11, 9-1-1, you know, and a stock market crash of due to 9-11. And these things happen relatively close to the, the Rosh Hashanah, the new year beginning. 2008, we all remember, it was the stock market crash again. You know, uh, there was a big bubble in the housing market. Um, and so 2015 actually was the beginning of a positive cycle. And the market went up. Donald Trump was elected in 2016. The market went up. And so we had actually been in a year of pros seven years of prosperity. And that is actually a little bit more scary in the sense that we know in our Bible, back in the Old Testament, Joseph had a dream. And there was seven years of prosperity followed by seven years of extreme uh, drought and famine, and and people were just dying, and so you got your seven year good years followed by seven bad years, and so they of course Joseph had the wisdom of God to prepare for those seven bad years, and I hope you have the wisdom to to, to prepare as well. So you can look all that up, um, historic data on the Shemitah cycles. It's very interesting. There's a lot of good websites out that, that talk about that. Let's also talk about the Nord Stream Pipeline. Of course, you've heard about that. But 
we, we understand now that it was sabotaged, and there's only a few countries that actually have the power to do that. Some think it, it could have been Russia destroying their own pipeline, but if they could have just cut it off on the other end. Um, it doesn't make sense that Russia would do that. I mean, um, and of course, Europe wouldn't do that. Uh, they need the gas. They're hitting, they're hitting a winter where, um, unfortunately, it seems like they're going to freeze to death if, if it gets too cold because natural gas prices are just skyrocketing. Nobody can pay $3,000. That would be U.S. money a month for for like for uh gas and so um europe is very scared of this winter and uh so they probably should be um so another reason to consider are we entering the final seven years things are going to start to get bad and that's only the start of course as we read the, the rest of the book of revelation it it, it gets uh horrific to, to say the least I'm going to read out of TheBlaze.com about uh, Biden, Armageddon, and a radiation drug. This is what also concerns me. Not, not only that there was the Nord Stream pipeline that was hit, and so that's going to knock out natural gas flowing into Europe. But Biden starts talking about Armageddon, and I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've already heard about this. The news pushed it over and over again. A U.S. president talking about Armageddon, that it was the worst since Cuba. So I'll read this a little bit. It says, in an address to a Democratic Senate campaign committee, President Joe Biden warned that America, under his leadership, is the closest it's been to nuclear Armageddon since the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. On top of that, the, the, the Department of Health and Human Services has announced that it spent close to $300 million on a drug to treat acute radiation syndrome in the event of nuclear emergency. It should be noted that this medicine has a shelf life of only 18 months. Just the Nord Stream pipeline talk, people were talking about World War III as it was, which means nuclear war between the United States and or Europe with Russia. Of course, Russia's invaded Ukraine and they're annexing territories and so forth. So they were already talking about that. Then Joe Biden pops up and says, hey, we're talking about Armageddon now. It's like, what? We know that the president gets a briefing every morning about, you know, national security and international security and things going on in the world. And so he, you know, he's not all there. And it's just because of his age, it's pretty evident. And so he's he's just blurting stuff out that maybe he heard in a secret meeting that he shouldn't be blurting out. And so that freaked everybody out. I'm, I think the markets reacted and dove and, and people started going crazy. But the fact that the Department of Health and Human Services has paid close to $300 million for an anti-radiation, acute radiation syn syndrome drug, which you take when, you know, there's a, a nuclear blast to, you know, prevent cancer and various things and the drug only lasts 18 months so that just putting all that together it, it sounds like a pretty scary scenario that does biden know something some details about potential nuclear war with russia or or europe or or whatever some things happening and nuclear uh, and putin is threatening to use nuclear force you know there's tactical nukes nukes and various things that he can do 
And he's like, hey, the United States has done it. Hey, why not me? But, of course, there's a huge difference between when the United States did it. We were attacked by Japan first. They attacked Pearl Harbor. They attacked us first. And we retaliated and eventually um, used two nuclear bombs. This is different. <laughs> uh, Putin is the attacker this time. And so when you're the attacker, the aggressor attacking Ukraine, and then you also pull out nuclear bombs, um, the deterrent from Europe and the United States could be significant. Will they lob a nuclear bomb at Russia for doing that? I, who knows? I don't, I don't know what the contingencies are. The, on Rosh Hashanah, we entered the bear market. That Nord Stream pipeline also got blown up. And so that could be the catalyst that leads or led, leads us, I'll say <laughs> leads us into war with Russia. Why there's all this talk of now nuclear arms um, being used. So that was also on the Jewish New Year. Nord Stream Pipeline possibly leading to World War III. And then something else kind of cool happened. This was a lot more relaxing and fun um, and interesting. And so this was uh, also on Rosh Hashanah, uh, NASA's first ever, ever planetary defense initiative. Um, and so here's a little video about that. And so what you're going to see is uh, the cool perspective of the satellite as it's going to be the impactor. The satellite itself, with the camera there, is going to be the impactor to hit this little um, asteroid. And so what we have is a double asteroid. We have a big asteroid called Didymus and a little, little one that um, orbits Didymus called Dimorphos. And so they're going to have this at this this. Um, uh, satellite hit Dimorphos, the little asteroid, and what they're going to do is, is you know, um, look at the, the plume and see, you know, the ejecta and give us information. Okay, did we change the orbit of this little um, satellite asteroid? So this is DART. It is the double asteroid redirection test. First time we've ever done this. This is our first ever attempt at planetary defense um, against asteroids that could hit us. And so this happened, also happened to be Rosh Hashanah. Very interesting. Um, when there's a, an asteroid coming towards us called Wormwood. <laughs> and so they're going to learn a lot of information. They have satellites watching, um, watched and are watching the 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 results of what happens now that this impact has taken place. And so they're going to gather lots of information and they think that this is probably going to be a very feasible way to deal with an asteroid that could pose a danger to planet Earth. Um, there's some problems with that. Number one, you need several years to prepare for that. Um, and number two, all the asteroids are, are different from one another. And so how this asteroid reacts compared to another asteroid is going to be different. But at least, you know, they are gathering some information. They are spending millions and millions and millions of dollars to do this. And so um, they are doing something. Um, but you know, according to the Bible, it's not going to work. <laughs> you can read Revelation uh, chapter 8, talking about the trumpets, and chapter 9, but particularly chapter 8. Um, man is going to try to uh, deal with this asteroid. And it's just not going to work. Something else that also happened 
in this was a little bit before Rosh Hashanah. We, of course, know about the hurricane in, but there is a specific relationship as to why this probably happened. Biden, at that same time, on September 21st, goes to the United Nations and gives a big old speech about all kinds of things. One of the things that he pushes for is the dividing of the nation of Israel. And if you know anything about U.S. presidents that went to the United Nations and started uh, soapboxing about how we need to split the land of Israel between the Palestinians and the Jews, it has always been disastrous for the nation of America. What this does is it opens up the devil to attack our nation. And so that's what happened. September 22nd, Biden gives a speech to divide the nation of Israel. Two days later, Hurricane Ian barrels towards Florida. And if you don't believe there is a relationship, this this is this is not, you know, some kind of uh suspicion. It it is math. <laughs> it is quantifiable that this happens um pretty much every single time someone goes over there uh particularly US presidents goes to the United Nations and says let's split the land of Israel and then something like Ian hits the nation I mean even the coronavirus there's correlation there I believe you can check out a book that will absolutely convince you that just even if you don't believe in God, when you see the correlation between the dates of when these speeches are given and then immediately after the United States is hit with a terrible disaster like like a, a hurricane, check out the book called Eye to Eye, Facing the Consequences of Dividing Israel by William Koenig. He just has a new edition of the book out and it's pretty fascinating. So what happened, of course, here... In September, a high-end Category 4. You only go to Category 5. So this was just bumping right up against being a Category 5 hurricane. High-end Category 4. And it happens to be the fifth strongest hurricane in record to make land, landfall in the contiguous United States. And so um, that hit two days after Joe Biden decides he wants to give a big speech on dividing the nation of Israel, which is God's land and giving it to the Palestinians, Palestinians, and God is going to come in wrath and destroy the Palestinians. When Jesus returns, that's one of his major things. His vestige will be soaked in the blood of the Palestinians who want to murder, who will be murdering and killing Jews, um, uh, during those terrible times after the abomination of desolation and entering into the time of Armageddon and so forth. And so a lot of that will be the Islamic nations trying to murder, really genocide. They want to wipe out every single Jew there is on the planet Earth, and they will succeed at killing very many millions and millions of Jews, apparently, um, after... The, the abomination of desolation and uh, heading into Armageddon. I want to talk also, I forgot to mention this in my summary at the beginning, but I want to talk about how the world wants to, well, most of the nations 
except those in power, <laughs> want to reform the United Nations. And this is significant because I believe that's exactly what the Bible teaches. The United Nations is the final world government, but it will be reformed so that as Scripture is fulfilled, saying that they will come into power for 42 months, only a short time. And so the United Nations has been around since, you know, World War II. But there will be something that will change them. They will be reformed so that they have power for 42 months in a different configuration than the one we know today. And so I believe the United Nations will be reformed and be the world government run by the Ten Kings, the Antichrist and the Ten Kings. And so that's all coming to pass. And so I want to just uh, read a little bit out of an article I found, try to explain where we are today and why we're heading towards Ten Kings that will control the United Nations Whereas right now, the power resides in only five nations or five kings. So let me read a little bit. This is from PBS. The title of the article is, What is impeding the long-advocated growth of the United Nations Security Council? In other words, everybody wants the Security Council to grow. From five nations that really are the powerhouse to letting more people in, which I believe will be... 10 powerhouses. Let me read the article. It says, Virtually everyone involved agrees. Almost eight decades after it came into existence, the powerful United Nations Security Council needs to expand, to evolve, to include more voices. But as with so many things, the central question and the biggest disagreement is exactly how. Five countries that were major powers at World War II's end have dominated the United Nations and its most important body for its 77-year history. The Council remains in its current configuration despite four decades of clamor for other countries to join that VIP group to reflect the dramatically changed 21st century world. So what we have right now, so they're clamoring for a reformed United Nations, just like I believe the Bible predicts will happen. So what we have now is there's a 15-member Security Council, and 10 of the, the 15 are non-permanent members. They're rotated in and out from different countries every two years. They get a two-year term. And so they're constantly changing. Nobody gets to stay in power very long. And the fact is they don't have much power anyway because none of those 10 members have veto power. So any resolution that is, you know, agreed upon by the majority of the world, it is presented to ultimately this 15-member group. But those 10 nations don't mean anything. The only ones that matter are the big five. The United States, China, the United Kingdom, Russia, and France. Those are the big five. They are permanently members. They never change out. So they're always in power. And they're the only ones with veto power. So the whole world can agree on something. And then Russia, just one veto, can say, nope. And that's it. It's, it's dissolved. 
And so that's exactly what's happening with the Ukraine war. The whole, the whole world is telling Russia, stop, stop, stop. And they're bringing up resolutions and saying, you must stop this war, this advancement against Ukraine. Russia just vetoes it and says, I'm not listening to you. And that's it. The, the Security Council has no more power. <laughs> There's nothing. Um, and so you would have to get United States, China, UK, Russia, and France to agree for anything to pass the United Nations. And that's, of course, going to be very hard to do. Um, and so that's the way it is now. But we know that the Bible says there's going to be a re reconfiguration so that there, the, the Antichrist is going to be in power for 42 months. That's times, times, time, times, and half a time, or uh, 1,260 days, or 1,290 days, um, depending on if you add that late month in there from the Jewish calendar. Anyway... Um, so it says here in this article, the time has come for this institution to become more inclusive so that it can better respond to the needs of today's world. Joe Biden told the General Assembly of the United Nations. So this is Joe Biden among trying to divide nation, the nation of Israel. He's pushing also for expanding the Security Council to include more members. All right, so he has called for the increasing number of both permanent and non-permanent members, including permanent seats for those nations we've long supported and permanent seats for countries in Africa, Latin America, and the Caribbean. The United States also supports permanent seats for Germany. I believe that's one of the beasts. Germany is the leopard beast in your Bible, in the, in the book of Daniel. And so I'm going to talk about the, those beasts here in just a moment. He supports Germany, Japan, India. Um, President Emmanuel Macron, who many have cited would be an excellent candidate for the Antichrist. President Macron from France requires... Um, Peace, he says, requires international consensus. So, you know, the purpose of the United Nations was to, to stop World War, <laughs> uh, to bring peace. That's, that's why they're, they, they, they've joined together. Russia has joined, in Russia and China, the, 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 the East has joined with the West, you know, um, with Western Europe, Western nations like the United States and, and the UK. So Macron says, that's why I hope that we can finally commit to reforming the Security Council, the five powers, so that it's more representative, welcomes new permanent members, and remains capable of fully playing its role by limiting the use of veto rights in instances of mass crimes, he said. So let's examine world government. That is exactly what the Bible prophesies is going to happen. I have a little image here. If you know your Bible out of Revelation, Revelation chapter 13, this image will make perfectly good sense. If not, I'm going to read Revelation chapter 13, talking about all these beasts, which have become one beast. So these beasts in Daniel chapter 7, verses 3 through 7, were separate beasts in the time that Daniel saw the revelation, his revelation. But when we get to the book of Revelation, now 
These beasts have formed into one beast. And these beasts are different nations that have come together to create this world government. And so I'll, I'll explain that as we go here. Let's, let's read out of Revelation chapter 3. And I'm going to start reading at verse 1. It says, And the dragon, which is the devil, stood on the sand of the seashore. And I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads. And on, on his horns were ten crowns, and on his heads were blasphemous names. All right, so what is all this stuff? And, and we'll, let me read a little further and we'll come back. So this, this is a strange looking beast. It's a single beast, but it looks like this. It's the beast found in Daniel. Verse 2, uh, Revelation 13, 2 says this, And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. His feet were the feet were the were like those of a bear. And his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and throne and great authority. So Satan will give his power to this beast. Now, these beasts represent nations. It's not a person. See, we call the Antichrist a beast, and that's accurate. But in Revelation 13, that's not what the beginning of the chapter is talking about. It's talking about nations, because the Antichrist is, is not going to have seven heads. Um, he is called the little horn, if you know your Bible. He's a horn on a head. So what's the head? The head is the nation. It's the government. It's the, it's the kingdom or the nation that the horn, the person, controls, runs, you know. Like we would have a president. He would be the horn on the head of, you know, the United States if the United States was a beast of some kind, which I don't believe it's mentioned as being a beast in Revelation 13. I will tell you what these beasts are. These beasts are nations. So we have, you know, a leopard, which I believe represents uh, Germany. Bear represents Russia. You can historically look up how these animals represent these beasts symbolically. Uh, it's well known. The bear represents Russia. The lion represents um, the United Kingdom. So I believe that the leopard is it's got four heads if you look in Daniel. So there's four Reichs of Germany. Um, we've all heard of the, the Third Reich, which was Hitler. The Fourth Reich is the one we know of today, which I believe is the European Union, which Germany and France are the de facto heads of the European Union. So, I believe it manifests in modern times, these beasts, as today's United Kingdom, which is the lion, today's Russian Federation, which is the bear, today's European Union, um, which is the four-headed leopard, the four reichs of Germany, and the dreadful, terrible beast is the future revised United Nations. So I saw a beast, which again represents a nation in this 
context in this chapter. This is important because I'll talk about the mark of the beast. It's not necessarily what everybody says it is. It could be something different because the beast represents a nation. And so what we're going to see is a one world government beast. And that's what this beast is. All these nations coming together to form a one world government. So a beast refers to both a kingdom and really its leader. And coming up out of the sea, the sea represents nations symbolically in the Bible or, or multitudes of people. So it's coming up out of the nations, the multitudes of people of the world. The horns represent the men. The little horn is in Daniel is called the Antichrist. Is what we call one of his, the names of the Antichrist is the little horn. So when we see horns on this beast, that's actually the men. So the heads of the beast are not the men. They're the nations. The horns on top of the heads are the men that run the nations. They're the men of power. And so when we see seven heads, what we're seeing is seven nation states. And uh, notice that there's crowns on the horns not crowns on the heads because you don't put a crown on a nation state, right? You put a crown on a man's head. So don't call the beast this in this context, the antichrist man, the antichrist man is, is in a later place called the beast because I believe he is possessed by a fallen angel or cherub that's literally called the beast. That's its name. And so that's why the Antichrist is also called the beast. But we'll talk about the mark of the beast, the image of the beast, and how that might not be what people have said it is. All right. So the heads of this beast are nations, and the horn, horns coming out of the heads are the men. And so let's let's get into it. We know in the end time, according to these scriptures, there will be a one world government with ten horns, ten kings or ten men. Daniel's uh, ten toes on that uh, um, image in Daniel chapter 2. And, you know, you got five from the east, five from the west kind of thing going on. So that intimates that, um, that the Security Council will expand to ten major powers. Or, or kings, at least. We could say this. They might not even be major powers. I can't say that for certain. But there will be ten kings that basically rule the world for a short amount of time. Why a short amount of time? Well, Jesus comes back and obliterates them. That could be it. Or it could be the world is, and, and I believe this is the, the impetus as to why the United Nations will have to be reformed, is the asteroid that's coming. The, the, the world will realize an asteroid is coming. They're going to reform the UN to deal with the problem, and the Antichrist is going to be the super savior of the world to save us from that thing. Him and his, his absolute dominant control of world government because you they want a consolidation of power, and I think it's for a short amount of time the Antichrist will say, yes, I'll take this power only because of this emergency. If you've ever watched uh, Star Wars, um, the Sith Lord, you know, does that. I'll take this power humbly, right? 
and he'll take it for a short amount of time just to deal with the crisis. Then I'll give the power back. And so that's, I mean, that's, that's just a perfect analogy as to what's going to happen with the Antichrist. The United Nations will reform to 10 um, Security Council members. And, the United, of course, the Antichrist is going to be in control of them. It might be one of them or outside of them. I'm not really sure. Nonetheless, that's the world government. And they will have absolute power in anything they want because they need to be able to access all the resources on planet Earth and stop anyone that would resist them. And so all kinds of people are going to resist when you have one man basically controlling the world. You're going to have not just Christians resisting, but Muslims, you're going to have all kinds of people. And so he's going to have to squash that power. And so he becomes a man of war going throughout um, Europe, um, from the north, invading through Israel, even into North Africa. Um, read Daniel 11. Don't take my word for it. And he's going to become a man of war because he has to squash the powers and keep control uh, Marxist control over the, the world. Now, he, he has to implement Marxism and fascism worldwide. All right, so let's keep reading a little bit more in Revelation 13 about this beast. And it says, And I saw one of his heads as if it had been fatally wounded. And, it's, and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast... They worshipped the dragon, the devil, because he gave his authority to the beast, world government, and they worshipped the beast, saying, who was like the beast, who was able to wage war with him. Now, everybody tells you, oh, the Antichrist is going to have a mortal wound to his head, and he's going to die and be resurrected, or a fake resurrection. That's not what this is teaching at all. They don't understand. It's the beast that had the moral wound, which is a nation state. It's not the Antichrist man, not in this chapter. He's called the beast too, so I can understand how they get it mixed up. But this beast has seven heads. The man's not going to have seven heads, right? Sorry, he, he's not going to have seven heads. <laughs> no, the seven-headed beast is a conglomeration of nations coming together into what we know as the United Nations, but it will be reformed. And one of those nations had a mortal wound. And we know exactly which one that is. That was Germany. Um, World War II, which created the United Nations. And everybody thought that Germany was out. Germany was... They were defeated in World War II. And they were to... They had such sanctions... And, and so we know uh, what happened was a great dividing between East and West. The Cold War, for years and years, decades of Cold War, between, you know, the communist mindset to the East, Russia, China, communist, and the capitalist democracy mindset. Of, of the West, Europe and United States. But what happened? Instead of the Berlin Wall dividing these two, the Berlin Wall came down in the 90s. And so that was the wound being healed between East 
and west. It was Germany. The Ger That's where the Berlin Wall was, of course, in Berlin, Germany, East Berlin versus West Berlin. The Berlin Wall comes down. And now Europe and the, the East has been healed to a large degree so that they could come together and create the United Nations. And even though right now they're kind of not too happy with one another because of Putin's war, the Bible prophet, well, but they're still together in the United Nations. And they're still one in the United Nations. And so the world will wonder after the beast, which is not just the head that was healed, which is Germany, east and west was united, but the whole beast in that east and west is united. Now, how are they united? In the worst kind of way, instead of democracy moving east, communism and Marxism have moved into Europe, all the way to the point where it's coming into the United States. It's communism, Marxism, socialism has moved all across the face of the earth now, where it's, I mean, if, once it's got to the United States, I mean, that's it. There's, there's no light left on planet earth when you get socialism everywhere. Um, we were the last kind of bastion of, of hope for, for freedom and capitalism, but now it's, it's, uh, well, it's Bible prophecy coming to pass. I want to point out in verse five, it says, a mouth was given to him speaking arrogant words and blasphemies. And authority to act for 42 months was given to him. This is that horn speaking in verse 5. So that proves it is, it is the horn that wears the crown that's doing the speaking, the little horn. That is the mouth given to the United Nations to blaspheme God um, and to act for 42 months. That's the man now controlling. But this, this was after the wound was healed in uh, verses 3 and 4. So the wound that was healed is dealing with a nation. A beast is a nation. The horn is a man. The horn, the horn, the little horn is the Antichrist. All right, so I'm going to talk about a different subject and kind of come back to this a little bit later. I want to talk about AI and how this world is now set up. The Antichrist is now also set up. To become superhuman through AI. So let me show this little video and that'll hopefully explain a little bit more of uh, what I believe is going to happen. The robots going down the streets, they're like, what are you talking about? Man, we want to make sure we don't have killer robots going down the street. Once they're going down the street, it is too late. Google acquired DeepMind several years ago. DeepMind operates as a semi-independent subsidiary of Google. The thing that makes DeepMind unique is that DeepMind is absolutely focused on creating digital superintelligence, an AI that is vastly smarter than any human on Earth and ultimately smarter than all humans on Earth combined. This is from the DeepMind reinforcement learning system. Basically wakes up uh, like a newborn baby and is shown the screen of an Atari video game and then has to learn to play the video game. It knows nothing about objects, about motion, about time. It only knows that there's an image on the screen and there's a score. So if you're 
baby woke up the day it was born and by late afternoon was playing 40 different Atari video games at a superhuman level, you would be terrified. You would say, my baby is possessed, send it back. I mean, the Defiant system can win at any game. It can already beat all the original Atari games. It is superhuman. It plays the games at super speed in less than a minute. DeepMind's AI has administrator-level access to Google's servers to optimize energy usage at the data centers. However, this could be an unintentional Trojan horse. DeepMind has to have complete control of the data centers, so with a little software update, that AI could take complete control of the whole Google system, which means they can do anything. They can look at all your data, they can do anything. We're rapidly headed towards digital superintelligence that far exceeds any human. I think it's very obvious. Because if one company or small group of people manages to develop godlike digital superintelligence, they could take over the world. At least when there's an evil dictator, that human is going to die. But for an AI, there would be no death. It would live forever. And then you'd have an immortal dictator from which we can never escape. All right, so you saw the video. Now, did, did you notice Elon says, because of if one company or a small people, a small group of people manages to develop godlike digital super intelligence, they can take over the world, at least when there's an evil dictator, he says, that's human that human will die. But when it's an AI, there will be no death. It, the AI, will live forever, and then you'll have an immortal dictator from which we, we can never escape. Um, and that's essentially what I think, that's, it, it, it's only conjecture, but I think is a good scenario of how the world will will play out in the end times in that well let, there is going to be a a joining of this antichrist man with an ai he will augment himself in other words and so this ai i don't know that it'll get to the place of being a super ai there's like different levels of ai the ones we see today are called narrow ai where, you know, when you're on Amazon and it examines what you like to look at and the AI puts those things in front of you more and more, that's called narrow AI. It's not going to take over the world. Or your Facebook feed, it's narrow AI. It knows what you like to look at and starts putting that in front of you. The same with Netflix or Google, but they do have an AI. But that's narrow AI. The next level of AI, we're not at yet. The next level is the mid-level of AI, where the AI becomes so smart that it's as smart as a human. And so that's the one we're, we're waiting on. That's the one that's going to be the huge breakthrough. But there's a third level after that. 
So many believe when we reach the second level, it's called, called artificial general, general artificial intel, intelligence. Yeah, that's the second level. So there's narrow, which we see all around us in the world today. They're, those things are not going to take over the world. But when we reach artificial, general artificial intelligence, that's the one that could potentially take over the world because it's as smart as a human. And so it could, you can imagine, get into like an electrical system, the, the electrical grid of a nation or the world and take it over for its own benefit and then lock you out. So it becomes, you know, essentially all about control. We're afraid we'll lose control. What if it gets control of the nuclear arsenal? What if it gets control of the internet and then locks us out of it? And then it can grow exponentially and learn exponentially. And then, so many people believe that's the next step after artificial, general artificial intelligence is super artificial intelligence, which could be just a, not, it could be days or hours after it reaches general artificial intelligence. Super artificial is where it far exceeds the intelligence of a human. And we have no idea what's going to happen if it gets to super artificial intelligence level. AI can be widely available. The analogy to nuclear bomb is not exactly correct. It's not as though it's going to explode and create a mushroom cloud. It's more like if there were just a few people that had it, they would be able to be essentially dictators of Earth. Whoever acquired it, and if it was limited to a small number of people, and it was ultra-smart, they would have dominion over Earth. So I think it's extremely important that it be widespread, then it will be tied to our consciousness, tied to our will, and everyone would have it, so it would be sort of still a relatively even playing field. In fact, it would be probably more egalitarian than today. We just, nobody has any idea, because it's super, it's beyond our thinking. Nobody can predict what's going to happen. It could destroy everything, become Skynet, or... <laughs> if you know Terminator, or become the machines of Matrix, or, um, so there's, there's all that. So this is, this is important because I've been studying this. I've taken, taken a break from giving these, these, uh, podcasts and episodes because I've been studying AI heavily. I've read the book by Noah Harari, where he's kind of talking about, about like, man is kind of like a God, but not really, but he's going to produce a God. And basically, uh, uh, Harari is another good candidate for the Antichrist because that book that he wrote, Homo Deus, is like a Bible for the Antichrist. It is so evil and pure wickedness and blasphemous. The most blasphemous book I think I've ever read. And so it's all about humanism. And humanism is God is a type of religion, but now there's going to be a higher religion coming called dataism, where literally data is the power. It is deity. It is a God of sorts and AI and anybody that can, you know, be a part of that AI will become godlike. He's his, his book, Homo Deus. It's a, it's a blasphemous, horrible book, but it did help me understand where AI is going. And, and so, uh, Elon Musk says this, that AI doesn't have to be evil to destroy humanity. If AI decides it makes a goal and humanity is just in the way, 
it will destroy humanity just as a matter of course without even thinking about it. No hard feelings. <laughs> it's just like if we're building a road and an anthill happens to be in the way. We, we don't hate ants. We're just building a road. So goodbye anthill. So where are we with, with AI? Well, Musk is, is one of the leaders in AI innovation along with, you know, Google and Amazon and Microsoft, Facebook. Um, the particularly scary ones are Facebook because that's the one that literally recognizes everybody's face on planet Earth, which would perfectly coincide with being able to kill anyone you want. Um, as the Bible says, if you don't worship the beast. Facebook is the one I'm watching, and Google AI is the one I'm watching the most. They have the most knowledge in, of, of cataloging everybody on planet Earth. So here's monkey, uh, a monkey playing Pong. <laughs> and so what they did is they put a brain-computer interface inside the monkey's head. And so the, the monkey started playing Pong. You can check this out uh, on YouTube. He was playing Pong with his hands. And then one day, they put this thing in his head, and he was, you know, he gets a treat every time he hits the ball or whatever. And so that's why he's got this thing in his mouth. He's getting a treat every time he does something good. And so he's playing with his hands, playing Pong and different games. And then they put this thing in his head. So now his, his mind is telling the paddle to move up and down to hit, hit the ball. And then they disconnect his, his joystick and he's only doing it inside his head. All he has to do is think the same thing that make my hand move this way. And, but his hand doesn't have to move anymore. It's all in his head. He can play Pong in his head and get his little treats. And so this is, this is easy stuff. Um, this is what they want to put in humans this year, 2022. They want to start putting these in your head so you can control your phone. And, of course, from your phone, you can control all kinds of other stuff as well. And so um, this this is some interesting stuff. Um, it says artificial intelligence could be billions of times smarter than humans and people may need to merge with computers to survive, one futurist told CNBC. So what about the Bible? What does this have to do with Revelation? Well, I'm going to read out of Revelation chapter 13, verse 14. And I'll preface this by saying we, we've all heard of the mark of the beast. Uh, but there's something else that you are, you know, if you take the mark of the beast, that's it. You're going to burn in the lake of fire forever. It goes on your right hand or on your forehead. We'll talk about that. But there's also the image of the beast. What is the image of the beast? It's not the mark. It's a whole different thing. But the result is the same if you worship the image of the beast or the beast itself. You'll burn in the lake of fire forever and ever. You'll be lost forever and ever. Okay, so don't do it, obviously. Let's read Revelation 13, 14. And he, this is talking about the false prophet, which I believe will be uh, the final pope. Not that I'm against uh, Catholicism or anything in that 
in in that regard, it's it's really because I believe that's what the Bible says. Um, and I got some other videos on that. But even the Catholics believe that the final pope will, some of the Catholics believe the final pope will be um, either the Antichrist or the false prophet. This is even Catholic theology talking, not just me. So, how do I talk about that? He, I'm on verse 14, the, the false prophet will tell those who live on the earth to make an image to the beast. Now, people have surmised, oh, we're supposed to like paint a painting or make a sculpture of clay and somehow uh, the, the false prophet is going to make it look like it's talking to us. I don't believe that's what it means at all. I believe when it says we are to make an image unto the beast, that language translated today really is going to be download the app. Okay, everybody understands that. Everybody's got a phone now or and or a computer. Even the poorest people in the world, you know, people living in shacks, they got phones. And so the phones are everywhere now. And so everybody's going to have to, it might even be pushed to the, all the phones in the world, whether you like it or not, or you'll have to download the app. Either way, that's what I believe Revelation 14 is talking about. It's an AI app that people will have to have on their phone. I'm almost completely convinced that that's exactly what the image of the beast is. Now, let's read again. The, the false prophet will tell those who live on the earth to make an image to the beast, which I believe means download the app. You have to download the AI app. Who had the wound of the sword and has come to life. Now, who had the, the, the wound? Was it a man? No, I proved that earlier. The man is the horn, which sits on top of the head. It's the head, which is the nation state that had the wound. So it's really going to be world government beast. They're going, to, they're going to worship the beast, which is the entire world government. Communism says there is no God. It's an atheistic religion in itself because government becomes your God in Marxism and communism. You worship government. They're your source for everything. You own nothing and they own everything and they will give to you what they think you need. And so you will come to them literally, literally for everything because they are your God, your source. And if they find you worshiping some other God, well, that's competition for them. That's why there's such persecution of the Christians in communist nations like China. Okay? So, who had the wound of the sword and came back to life? It was one of the heads of world government, particularly Germany. And so, what are we talking about here? The image of the beast is somehow going to be representative not only of the Antichrist man, but world government. I believe, well, let me read the rest of the verse. Verse 15 says, And it was given to him, the false prophet, to give breath to the image, which I believe is an AI, to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast could even speak and cause all who do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. That's why I think it's AI. This A, this it can speak now, so it has to be something you can download and will speak to you and will punish you if it sees you not worshiping it 
or the, the Antichrist or the world government or taking the mark. So it has the ability to both see you and recognize what you're doing and punish you by killing you if you don't take the mark or you don't worship world government. So that makes me almost certain that it is an AI of some kind. And so my putting all this together, I, I asked myself the question, why is worshiping the image of the beast, this AI, the same as worshiping the beast? Well, it, it, it seems to be that they become one somehow. I believe there's going to be a union between the AI and the Antichrist, and maybe even the Ten Kings, um, or more. Who knows? How many people will be assim uh, well, assimilated? Is not the right word. Um, augmented, maybe, is a better word. It could be an assimilation as well. So I believe the Antichrist, let's just use him for an example, will be united with this AI. And that's what the brain-computer interface is about. And this will make him superhuman. See, understand, in the spirit realm, what's going to happen is he will be possessed by a fallen angel or cherub called the beast. So in the spirit, he's going to have supernatural everything going for him. In, the, in his body, he will be augmented with a, possibly, possibly a super AI, either a general AI or a super AI. And this will make him appear to be superhuman. And he will do this and want to do this because, and he will have the best of the best access to the knowledge of the entire world because he will, he will be trying to solve the problems of the world, such as sustainable goals. Let's just call it sustainable goals. So he'll be trying to solve the problems of the world like so-called climate change and like poverty and like inequality, you know. Um, but the big one, of course, I believe is going to be mitigating that asteroid. So that's why he's given so much power. And so he will become, he, I mean, he will be superhuman. He will be far above your average human as far as his, his abilities, just naturally speaking, because of his union with this AI. And again, even the other kings could could take part in this. I don't know. So I, I think AI, the, the, the development of AI in our world today is highly, highly, highly significant. He, the, the Antichrist and the AI, I believe, are likely going to become one because that's why worshiping the image, the AI, is the same as worshiping the Antichrist. There has to be a union there that associates the two as one. And so that's kind of what kind of spurred me into looking into AI a lot farther Oh, I want to also point this out. So if we put all this together, you know, spiritually the Antichrist man will be possessed by a demon or a fallen angel of some kind of cherub. And this will be like one of the greatest, if not the greatest fallen angel right under Satan himself. And so the man will be possessed by this being. In his body, he will be joined to an AI, is my conjecture. I'm not saying this is absolute. This is just what I think is going to happen um, based on, you know, when you worship the the image, you're also worshiping the Antichrist himself or the, the, the beast, which is world government as well. 
So there seems to be an association there where they are one. So putting all this together, this man, this Antichrist, will become superhuman. He will have access to nearly all knowledge on planet Earth. This is kind of what we would call a fake omniscience. He will have access to all power on Earth, world government power, that is. And it's kind of a fake or a faux omnipotence. And he will be everywhere where there is connectivity. So there's a faux omnipresence as well. So worst case scenario could be the Antichrist is in charge of Skynet. Or the Antichrist is in charge of the machines of the Matrix or something like that. So um, it, it does not bode well for humanity. But let's read Revelation 14.9. Then another angel, a third one, followed him saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image. So don't worship world government. Don't worship the Antichrist man. Don't even worship the image, which I believe is the AI. And receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their tor torment ascends forever and ever. The torment is forever and ever, it seems, from these scriptures. And they will have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast and his image and or and whoever receives the mark of his name. So separate those three in your mind. There's the Antichrist, which is the, the man. There's the Antichrist or the beast, which is the government. You don't want to worship the government. You don't want to worship the man. But there's also... Um, this image. Then there's also the mark that people will take on their right hand or their forehead, basically saying, I pledge allegiance to this world government. So an image will be worshipped, which is the same as worshipping the Antichrist himself, because they become one, I believe, through augmentation. And so, you know, we, people talk about all the time the mark of the beast, which we know is 666 or or what is the name of the beast. And so I have a little chart here on the left-hand side. You know, you, you basically are not to take Mark version 1, which is take the Antichrist name upon yourself, or Mark version 2, don't take the number, okay? That's the mark of the beast. And people have always focused in on the man. Like, what is the man's name? And how is the man associated with 666? But as we read in Revelation chapter 13, the beast is also referring to world government. So don't just narrow it to only thinking about a man when we consider the mark. The mark, I believe, in fact, I lean more towards it'll be a mark showing that you pledge allegiance to world government. And, and the, world, the, man's in, the Antichrist is in charge of the world government, of course. But I think it's it, the mark might be more associated with pledging allegiance to world government, and the the six 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 has to has an association with this world government, 
or and the name of the world government as well. And so don't just limit it to the man's name and the man being associated with 666, which is very well possible, of course. But I, I just want to open it up and broaden it up to you because the beast whose wound was healed was not a man. It was a nation state. And ultimately, it means world government. And so don't take the mark. And so I've got a, a little image, which I, it's the, the United Nations there on the right hand on the and so I believe that's probably my depiction of what it looked like some type of um, identification with the world government and pledging allegiance in other words when you, people see this mark they know you have pledged allegiance to the world government to be your god to the ultimate of the antichrist and satan to be your god and so people are doing that cuz you know they can't eat and they're frantic out of their mind this asteroid is coming um, and, and even people that call themselves Christians will be doing this um, because they're like, I'm sure they'll have all kinds of logical reasons. He's our only hope. He's our only savior to save us from what's coming. He's superhuman because of his uh, association or, or ability to use AI. We know the mark of the beast. If you take the mark of the beast on your right hand, as this image depicts, you won't be able to buy or sell unless you do, but it's better to die than to take the mark. But I believe that Christians will work together. God will protect the Christians, provide for the Christians. They'll work together to uh, provide food for one another, resources for one another, protection, ways to hide ways to escape, um, and most importantly, God will be our protection. Now, provision, let's put it this way, God will be our provision, but Christians will be slaughtered by the Antichrist, just as Jesus was slaughtered on the cross, just as the early church was slaughtered, and God let it happen. It's better to die without taking this mark than to get a morsel of food because you're hungry and take the mark and, and think God's going to dismiss it. He will not. Verse 17 in, uh, what am I reading? Revelation chapter 13, verse 17 says this, and he decreed that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark. Either the name of the beast or the number of his name. And here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding do the calculation. Or do uh, has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man. And his number is 666. Don't take the mark of the beast. No matter what. God will get you through. Many of you will die. That's, but death of your body isn't really dying at all. It just falls off and you live for eternity. Question is, are you ready? The only way to be ready is to be right with God, where you can face the face death and, and not be afraid because you're entering into eternity and you're going home to be with your Lord and your Savior, Savior forever and ever. 
As Psalm 91 verse 5 says, we will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. And I believe this is referring prophetically to the end times for Christians. We will not be afraid of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it will not approach you. I believe that's talking about the wrath of God. We'll be raptured out of here, then God will pour out his wrath. But it will not come near us. The wrath of God will not approach us. We will only look with our eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because we have made the Lord our refuge, even the Most High our dwelling place. And no evil will befall us, nor will any plague come near our tent. And that's spiritually speaking. We will live forever and ever. We will never die, Jesus said. That's spiritually speaking. And so now's the time to get ready. Get your life right with God. Now is the time to stop playing games with God and surrender everything. And get into the word. Learn what the Bible says. Get into prayer. Become familiar with knowing God, God's voice. Get into a good church that preaches the Bible. And get your heart prepared for these last days. With that, I want to say God bless you, and I'll see you next time.